Good morning once again. If you just joined us uh, and you missed me earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community. And as we continue into the year, um, today I want to pick up with really what I was going to share last week. But last week, if you were with us, we uh, really just kind of paused and talked about things after we experienced the riot on and every all the violence on Capitol Hill. And, uh, and, and just really address that. And today I want to con- move forward about where we're going this year and how we want you, I want you to engage this year, um, but how we're going to engage this year as a church family as well. Uh, and, and what it's really about is how can we experience purpose? How can we experience uh, maybe even momentum or movement in our lives and just talking about the vision for the year and experiencing purpose no matter the circumstances. And so we're going to begin to engage this and I want to connect you to a life of meaning in 2021 no matter the circumstances. A life of meaning. And so that's what we want to begin to engage today. Now if you've um, ever taken a trip or gone on a vacation or planned something? Uh, I don't know how this short stool looks today, but anyway, <laughs> I'm going to sit down on this for now. It feels like I'm solo all of a sudden. Uh, I can stand up. Anyway, <laughs> but the, um, if you've ever gone on a trip and, uh, and found yourself frustrated, maybe you've gone on a trip and you were just felt like you were mad half the time because things started to go wrong. And this is what happens many times. You, you want to plan this perfect trip. Maybe you spent a lot of money to go on some thing. Maybe, you know, you planned for it, you saved up for it. I don't know whatever it could be, but you're trying to plan the perfect vacation. You're working really hard. You're ready to get away. And then something happens. Some inconvenience kind of pops up. Maybe you were like, I planned the perfect room for me to be in or for a group of friends to be in. And then next door, like the walls were super thin and the people next door were super loud or there was a garbage dump next door and all the pictures they put up were completely misleading and cropped and all these different things. You know, they, they photoshopped in weird trees. You didn't realize it in hindsight, like whatever it could be, like there's one or two, maybe three or four minor things that make you frustrated. And then when that happens, you could be in paradise, some amazing beach with clear water that you were like totally going to Instagram everywhere. But then you just get mad because all you can think about are the inconveniences that come into that. That's happened to me before. I remember my family, we booked a a house near the beach and it was a two-story house and we had the bottom level, but there were people above us and they ended up being kind of loud, and then there were decks, and we were, and we were out on the deck enjoying it. We were grilling out, but then they were also up there, and they were kind of loud, and they were smoking, and our family doesn't smoke, and I had young kids, and that was an inconvenience, and all I could think about was that. But we were like blocks from the beach, and we were going every day, and it was making me frustrated. Have you ever had that happen? My wife Erin was eventually like, Wayne, you just got to accept this. This is the way it is. Let's enjoy the week. But sometimes that's hard. Here's another thing that's interesting. Some of the, when I think about trips that I've taken and experiences or vacations, whatever it could be, some of the most memorable and impactful trips that I've had were completely different in their purpose 
ministry structure. They were trips where I've gone on essentially to serve. I, the best probably word probably would be humanitarian trips. And the premise of the trip versus like the premise of vacations that we plan is completely flipped in this scenario where I'm going, you know, maybe somewhere across the world, wherever it may be, to go and to serve and love other people and give up of my time and, and give up of my energy, not to relax, but to engage. I've taken several trips and I've done a couple, I've done one in the Caribbean, um, you know, had to, had to go serve in the Caribbean. I was actually helping build houses and ref refugees, but we were in the Caribbean on the ocean. That was amazing. But I, I've gone to Southeast Asia several times. Um, and so I went to one large city one time and to just serve a ministry that was there. They were serving uh, homeless. They were serving refugees, people that were in and out of jail, helping them get back on their feet. And they would do a feeding program. And so we had friends that were connected to this ministry in the middle of this inner city, and we went there to serve. And I remember I arrived, and the leader of this ministry picked me up at the airport, and he took me to where I was staying. And I was staying on this remote island. He had to take ferries to get there. And on the island, it was like it felt like a mini mountain. It was just this giant hill that you had to climb up. And the re I was staying at this retreat center that was at the very top, and you had to walk. There was no public transportation. So we got off this ferry, and, and the guy's with me, and he's helping me carry my luggage. And we had to walk up this massive hill. And it was raining. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, man, this is not easy. And it was hard. And we, we make our way up, and you're kind of getting to feel like the miserable feeling, like, how could it get any worse? Just like 2020, right? And so <laughs> we finally get to the top of this hill. I'm getting excited. And then we discover it's a dead end. A dead-end street, and, and behind all these buildings that were there, and we were climbing up the whole time, you could see the road behind it, and the place we were going to, the guy was like, it's just right there. Do you see that? And I'm like, I see it. And there was no way around. I remember seeing a school, and you could see the kids in the school. It's like, there's no way we can go up and be like, can we go through your school? Like, like that's not, so we had to go down, and there were, and there's the other thing, there were no side streets of any kind, so we had to go all the way back down, and then choose another street. This is, by the way, before 2009. This is pre-smartphone, okay? So this is a key detail. People are like, why don't you just pull out your phone? So uh, I had a phone, but it wasn't smart yet. So uh, there's no maps to pull up. So this guy was like, I, I've been here before, and so I think this road is it. And I'm thinking, you think. And so we climb up with the possibility of being another dead end. But thank goodness it wasn't, and we made our way. And so these are just experiences that sometimes you have, but I loved it. I loved everything I was experiencing, which is crazy. I, I took another trip to Indonesia. It was after the tsunami hit back in 2005, 2006, with this incredible opportunity to go in and to do humanitarian work. And, but but this, this city had been wiped out, literally houses off their foundations. Some of the foundations were even gone. It was, it was incredible, the devastation. And so we were sleeping in tents to, to exist in, this, in this, this place. We were sleeping in tents every night for a couple of weeks. And then, like, for a restroom, it was a dug hole. We have a latrine dug in the ground, and we had put palm branches up to create like a wall of privacy around this area like this is our existence we had a shower so to speak where we it was a pump shower you had to pump up the water to to actually you know get clean and so we could get clean but it was primitive beyond primitive 
and we're just engaging the community, digging. We are cleaning out wells. We are doing medical clinics, all these different things. But it was the circumstances around it were hard, way away from real life. But in all of these circumstances, I loved every bit of it. I was fulfilled more than maybe I'd ever had been before. All those experiences that I had, that's just, I'm just talking about some of the hard things I engaged. I loved all of it. Why, why is that? What is it about that that just fuels you? You're not complaining. You're like, this is amazing. We had a blog that we were filling out in some of those trips, and I was like, man, I just had the hardest day, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was th- those types of feelings. It's because of the purpose that I felt. I was connecting to a purpose that a God had made me to experience, and it was fueling me. One of the things that we've been learning in our, the current state of the world is that, is that we know, like, the one thing we know for certain is that things will not be certain. And maybe you're not embracing that. Maybe you are embracing that more and more. Um, but I want to say today that even with continued uncertainty and continued trouble, it does not have to equate to, be, to, to not being able to live life well and really to live life with meaning. It does not have to equate to that. You can be pursuing life with mission and purpose and, yeah, even joy when things are, have trouble and when things are uncertain. They do not have to exist together. And really, that's what you and I are wanting to see. That's what we're trying to get with every single week. With the new year we celebrated, we, wanted, we want things to, to change, but we realize, hey, we're still very divided. And now we realize, like, we were divided more than, than we even realized, and there's a tremendous amount of anger. There's still a tremendous amount of racism. There's still a lot of things that we are struggling with, even within I, in the, the Christian faith, we see things happening that, that we do not like even as well. And so we were confronted with all of these things. And it can bring you frustration. And, may, and I don't know the circumstances of your life. Some of you I do. But there's other things that you are bringing in that bring you to frustration. And so how do you find meaning? How do you find purpose and even moments of joy in that? And it's all about being connected to what your purpose is. And for us, as we engage as a church family and as we engage in Jersey City, it's about understanding that and engaging these things. If we go about it the wrong way, it will just bring you into more frustration. And many times you won't even know why you're, you're, you're still tired, why you're still mad and angry. And I want to ask you that question today. Are, are you finding yourself continually there? You're like, I'm just so full of anxiety and frustrated and mad. Why is that? It's not that it's always, like you're supposed to always be joyful and happy. That's not what this is going to. Sometimes it's good to be mad. We say, hey, this is not okay. 
but in your foundation in which you live your life, what is running you? What emotion is running your life right now? And so when we focus on things that try to make us happy, many times they don't. And that leads to a cycle of unhappiness in pursuit of other things. And we wonder, where can I get beyond this? And so we want to learn to change the focus. And just like these trips that I did. Now, I just want to say out loud that there is absolutely nothing wrong with a vacation. In fact, vacations are good, taking time off to be, you know, to, to rest, to invest in yourself. Those things are healthy. You should do it. It's a rhythm you should take not just once or twice a year, but it's a rhythm you should find weekly. You need to have times where you weekly disengage and rest and relax and do something that brings you joy, especially when things are like this. So you should be doing those things. But what was it about those other trips that I took where like, they were the opposite of vacations where I was taking time off of work and working harder, so to speak, but I ended up being more filled up than normal. And it was because of these two big purposes that were at the center. One was serving others, and the other was community. Two big things were being filled in this. was the community they had. I was serving with other people. I was doing things alongside of them, and that brought great camaraderie and community that we had a mission. We had a focus together of outwardly loving others, this outward act of serving. Our two purposes that God has made you for, and if you, whether you believe in God or not, this is something for you to consider, that we believe in the Christian faith, and if you try this in your own life, you will experience it. If you do it, begin to do it consistently. And the whole premise of those trips was serving others. And so when hardship happens, it's like, okay, that's all right, that's all right. First, like you're on vacation, like some hiccup happens, you're like, man, this is the worst trip. <laughs> like, like everything's ruined. That's how we begin to feel. But you said hardships in these environments, you're like, okay, I expected that. There's a setback. All right, let's find our way through this. And it's like you're even a different person. You don't even... You know, work like that in your real life. But when you're in those types of modes, you go after it. It happens here in our city when we've done simple services of a church, when we've given out fun items at the pass station and granola bars and candy and things like that. There's times where it doesn't go as well. And I'm there serving with you all when you've done that with me. And some of you are like doing it for the first time and it doesn't go well at all. Like a lot of people just reject you because that's what we're trained to do when we come out of past stations. We're like, no. <laughs> and we're like, and then people, it can be fun because people are like, oh, really nice chocolate. I'll take it. So, but sometimes it doesn't go great. And, I'm, and I forget and I get worried about those and their experience. And after that, we'll be finishing up. Sometimes it's cold. Our hands are cold. And they'll look and they'll, they'll say to me, I had the best time. I really enjoyed that. And I'm suddenly reminded of how there's just something about loving and outwardly engaging with others that changes your heart. And even when it doesn't go well, many times you enjoy it. It's not like that all the time, but more often than not, that's what you'll find. Rick Warren, a pastor in California who talks a lot about purpose, has written the most... Uh, uh, the highest distributed and purchased book worldwide beyond the Bible... Uh, called The Purpose Driven Life. He talks about purpose, and he says, the happiest people in the world are those who are connected and engaging in community and in serving other people. There's just something about it. 
we know when people get connected to community and family here in Jersey City, in our church family, we've seen it, that they suddenly sign a second lease. They don't keep bouncing around. Suddenly they're like, I, I love living here. There's something about being connected to others. And when you get connected to serving and purpose, it lights you up. And so this year, I want to remind us of these principles and help you begin to engage this and engage these purposes. But here's the thing with everything that I just said. If you've never experienced this, if you've never done this, it won't feel true. You might even be listening to me right now and say, yeah, this isn't true. Nope. Like, no way. I, I, I'm not going to do this. My life is hard enough right now. My life is complicated enough right now. I have enough anxiety. There's no way I could do any kind of step in any way with that. It just won't feel true unless you begin to try it out and, and experience that. And I get it. So here's what I want to challenge all of us with this year is that when you begin to feel anxious, you're mad, angry, you're feeling experiences of pain or just simply just straight up frustration because everything is happening. You're like, it just keeps getting worse. You go into that mode like it's all ruined. When you're there, it's an opportunity. This is a trigger, so to speak, to be like, okay, what if, my response this time was different. What could I do that was outward where I can begin to trust God's design for purpose? Here's what Jesus says to us. This is Matthew 22. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If you've been with us at all in any short amount of time, you've heard that before. Jesus makes it so simple for us. He gives two foundational things that pretty much covers everything else. Love your God, love others. When we look at the scriptures, we find five major purposes. And I want to put these up on your screen. We see worship, which God was just, Jesus was just talking about, and we just read. We see connecting to others, loving your neighbor, loving well. We see growth as a purpose. A natural result of pursuing and following Christ is just growth, learning and being taught by others. When you have that happening in your life, you feel purpose. There's a purpose of giving and going outward, to go and to do something to other, for other people. And then you were also made to belong, to belong to God, to be brought back to his family. That's why we say downtown community exists, to help people find their way back to God where you can have peace and belong. But if you just focus on those first two, the others will begin to naturally happen. Love God, love others. What is it about the things that pull us away, that, that, that make us not feel that? How is it that we get to these places of anger? How is it that we get disconnected? What are the things that we say, 
that revolt against this idea that I'm bringing before you today. Let me read about it. Paul makes this statement in Romans. The Apostle Paul, and he's writing to this church in Rome, and, and, he, and it's a small statement, but it's so profound. He says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. He's like, we've bought a lie. We've said, God, you're holding out on us. All these things, like, I don't, it's not going to bring make me happy. There's no way, like, look at all this other stuff that we can do. Like, this is what's going to make me happy. And it can for a while. Now, the created things, the things that we've found and we've made and we do and the, the things that we love and, 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 and I don't know, like the, 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 the hobbies and interests, um, everything that you can think of, things that you can make you happy, video games or, I don't know, entertainment, you know, streaming, whatever it could be. Like we, all these created, so to speak, things, they're not usually inherently bad. Well, obviously, we could point out things that are, but, but they're not inherently bad in what they do. And this is where the church just goes awry, where we, if we felt like the church and religion has been like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Like, you can't do these things. It's going to make you, know, make you defiled or some crazy word that, brings, that comes out. And it's like, it's like, no, we should enjoy the earth. We should enjoy creation. Like, there's, we've been freed up to just live life and love it. That's what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life and live it to the full. And we should do that. But the problem comes is when they become our focus. We begin to serve them. They begin to be the, the focal point of our lives. And that's what it says here. We've, we've, we've exchanged the truth of God and made them our purpose, made them the focus of everything that we do. We worship and serve that. You may not realize that, but if you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something, and you are putting all your efforts into that. And when that happens, those things enslave us. You can't do without it. Try putting your phone down for three hours, shutting off your internet for three hours at the same time. You'll see what I'm talking about. Try it. (laughs) Don't do it right now because you're streaming our service. That would be awful. (laughs) They enslave us. And we buy a lie. How do we get out of that? How do we begin to experience actual fulfillment, things that last? They will begin to engage the purposes that God has made you for. How do we do that? Well, well Paul tells us. He's like, it's in our Creator. He says, who is, who is forever praised? Beginning to focus on Him is the best thing that you could do. This year, I want to encourage our church family to take four steps together to do these things. One is Sunday. One is continue to engage as we are doing right now. I want to encourage you to engage. We've changed up the format where we're online only. We're beginning to pre-record this time because we want you to be part of this and engaging this more. We want to be a place where we encourage one another. This is what it says in the Scriptures. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day 
approaching. It's calling us to engage in these times. And this is not easy for us to do because we have Zoom fatigue and we're, we're online all the time, but, and we're not together. We don't feel like we're around one another. And this is why it's even more important right now to engage, to be reminded that we are family and we need this encouragement. This is about encouraging one another. Sunday is a place where we can love God and love others. So I want to encourage you to stay here. This is, we're not trying to do perfect attendance or anything like that. That's not the purpose. All of these things are tools in which we engage these purposes God has for us. So keep being connected on Sunday. This is vital for you this year. But it doesn't stop there. The second step is others. Loving your neighbor as yourself, beginning to connect with other people. And this is why we're talking about dinner groups this month in a big way. We want you to get connected to a dinner group. Now, they're not meeting over dinner right now. We understand that. We're just going to keep calling that because we know one day we're going to do this again. But we're gathering weekly. We're meeting via video. We're connecting with one. That is one of the best ways for you to find family. You don't even have to believe in God to be part of this. It's a great place for you to find community and belong. And we discuss what we've talked about on Sunday, but we also engage in other things of life together. Dinner groups are a place for you to connect. I want to encourage you to take a step and join one of our weekly groups if you want to find more about it, just let us know. How do you do that? You go on our website and find dinner groups and engage with us there. But you can also connect with us as a church family at any time. Let us know how you're doing, how we can pray for you. Click, click the connect button, fill out a connection card. It's a place for us to engage with you. If you're parents and you're in our families, every week we're emailing you. Every month we're sending you packets of information to lead your kids with all the way through elementary school. Make sure that you are engaging with that. We are here for you to connect. You want to engage with others and find connection. And then the third and fourth things begin to happen. You want to grow this year, we're going to be really helping you, emphasizing what we call our Connect Path. Every month, we do four steps of our Connect Path. We're going to kick it off in February, and I want you to engage with us through growing together. And then we serve. How in the world do you serve during a pandemic? Well, we'll begin to take these steps together. Number one, as we serve one another as a body, as a family together, we're going to be giving you opportunities to submit videos, to record scripture videos and other things that will be part of our Sunday service so we can encourage one another. But we're also going to be encouraging you to submit your own story videos, who you are, what you're doing, so we can encourage one another. That's a way that you can serve. So be looking for that. But then we're going to be encouraging you in the next several weeks to, to join an online serving team where you can do one thing to engage. We're going to be beginning to find ways for us to do this together. Take a step. It's simple. You don't have to start and do all of these at one time, but build one thing on another. And all of these will work in any order, by the way. You can submit a video. You can do this. Like, find a way to connect. If you're engaging on Sunday, you're already in a group, well, what's another step that you can take this year? Be looking for these opportunities. And I say all this, why? Because all of these things are tools to connect you to things that will actually fulfill you and bring meaning into your 
life. This is critical for you this year, especially in the world we live. These things will bring you back to a place of, of encouragement, back to a place where you can breathe and even engage with meaning and purpose as the year goes along, no matter the circumstance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all of these things that you have for us. I pray that we would learn to believe you and trust you in these things. Thank you and ask this all in your name. Amen.